The Gemara says, Amalei are papala abaya. Maishna Rishonim de Israchesh Lahunisa. What is the difference between the Rishonim, in, our, in other words, our predecessors, who experienced Nisim, who experienced more miracles than we? Maishna Nan de Lemisrachesh Lahunisa. We don't really uh, we don't get the uh, miracle levels we'd like to have. So, it seems like he's referring to specifically the problem of, uh, of rainfall. We'll see how uh, we'll see how that plays out exactly. Says the Gemara. Right? If what you tr- if what it is that sets us apart from our predecessors is how much we can recite, how much we know. He says, in the period of Rav Yehuda, Kule Tunuye Benizakan Hava. All the uh, all the tenuye, all the knowledge of Mishnahs and Brises was in Nizakin, Nizikin. Uh, so Rashi here says that that means the three Babas, Babas, Apparently Rashi in other places says that um, that it means Seidu Nizikin, whichever way. It seems like they knew strictly Nizikin. At one, one point, they were, all, they were all together, right? They were in one volume from all these books. Well, they weren't written. Yeah, but I mean, they, they, right. they were thought about it as, as, as one unit. As one unit. Right. And that was called Zika. Right. Yeah. Kind of like, a, in a lesser-known fashion, the Masechta of Kalim, if I'm not mistaken, technically is divided into a Bob Kavim, Bob Mitzi, and Bob Basra. Just we don't really... Spend much time studying Caleb, generally speaking. Um, either Caleb or Tyson, I think it's Caleb. Uh, okay, so, so um, that was their situation. They knew Nazikin very well. We know six Siddharm of Mishnais. We've advanced greatly since then. Not only that, have a multi When Rabbi Yehuda would. Um, would um, get to Uktsin, and he quotes a Mishnah, which actually I think is in Taris. The second Mishnah, he's going to quote two Mishnahs. One Mishnah is in Taris, and one Mishnah is in Uktsin. So that halacha is, um, uh, if a woman is pickling or preserving some kind of leaves, some kind of uh, vegetable, and she's, uh, what she's doing is she has a jar full of some preserving some like pickling liquid and she has her leaves of lettuce let's say and she's putting them in one by one to her kadeira so if she touches the um the uh the leaf of lettuce with hands that are let's say she didn't wash her hands uh, so Capable of transmitting this, you know, low-grade food tuma to the rest of the jar. Another example, a similar example, when someone is pickling olives. So it seems like the practice was sometimes they would pickle the olives still with the leaves kind of wrapped around them. You know, they wouldn't separate the olives from the uh, the twig or whatever. So, and by by doing that, you kind of rendered the, um, the before you, before when you have olives that are like that, broken off at the twig instead of 
picked off the branch, um, which come with a couple of leaves, <laughs> the leaves are a very efficient conduit for Tumah. So the leaves will come to me, the Zayas, the Alvkim will come to me, because they are a Yad, they are a handle, right, for the olives. Um, but in the scenario of pickling, since the leaves kind of don't, they become slippery and mushy, they're not a good handle anymore. So they're just there for looks. So once they're there for looks, they don't transmit them to the olive anymore. That's just Allah or Franklin. That to hire. So Omar reviewed the commentary when he got there. He says, I, this is as hard to me as the the, the discussions back and forth of Rav and Shmuel. So, um, so, and this apparently, I mean, I never heard of anyone who finds Uktin and, uh, and, T- and Tyrus uh, a walk in the park. It's, but it, it is worth noting, it's very interesting. In our learning culture of today, when somebody says, this sugya, wow, this sugya is so hard. It's a really hard sugya. It reminds me of when I was learning about Basra. That would be the best. That would that would that would give a, that would create the impression that you're dealing with a very good younger man, a very good serious, serious guy, you know. Now, what the Gemara is saying, the Gemara, the, the Gemara seems to be saying the opposite. The Gemara is saying that Yehuda was complaining and, and was like no, no one was impressed. Yehuda was saying, "Oh, this is so hard," and they're like, "Come on, Yehuda, you can't do better than that." Very strange, very different type of attitude. This is Anan. He says, "We come Mastina and place We have." Rashi says the place of Masifta means we have thir- very interesting Rashi. He says we have 13 different um, systems of Mishnayis. We use Rabbi's Mishnayis, but there were other Mishnayis. There were other Mishnayis. All the Tana Debeis and all the um, um, the uh, 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 the of Rabchia, etc. Mishnah Spar Kapara, etc. That type of thing. So ultimately we use the Mishnah of Rabbi, but there were other options. Taisu says it means that we have 13 yeshivas that are that busy themselves just with the study of Uksun and Kalim. Which is an interesting idea, but perhaps Rashi's understanding is more historically um, workable. So, he's saying we have, a, we have a great deal of learning going on. We know a lot of things that our predecessors did not know. He continues. Ve'ilu Rabbi Yehuda, with all this, Rabbi All he had to do was take off one shoe, and rain would come. As he would remove one shoe to start uh, davening and fasting and whatever, and that was it already, it would start raining. He just had to indicate his desire to start davening. However... However, we make ourselves sick and we fast and we scream and nobody pays attention to us. Nothing happens. Good question. Good theological question. So, Amalei. Oh, the Ramban had a different idea about what Nisan were and what, you know, and so on. We have them all the time. And then Ramban and Pasha's boy. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he doesn't want. Uh, this you the, don't need something that uh, you know <laughs> jumps out at you, you know, and then the sun comes up at two right. o'clock in the morning. Supposed know. to be a better madrega, so, <laughs> right? Right. So what's his kasha? Right. What's he asking? It seems like he just wanted some rain. Yeah. 
if you think about it, he wasn't actually asking for, he wasn't asking for anything unusual. I mean, rain is just rain. He was just asking for it when he wanted it. <laughs> Not sure how to look at that. Yeah. Well, that's one of the issues. Is, uh, some miracles are not things that just occur. At, that normal things, but they don't occur at this time that you would expect. Them right. To right. Just how much are the rules of reality being bent? Right. Exactly. Anyway, so he tells him like this. Abaye says to Papa as follows. He says, you, Rav Papa, have a bit of the wrong attitude as to what an ace is and why it comes. The fact that you're very learned is wonderful. Is wonderful. He's not putting down the, uh, the advances in learning. You think there's a, there are different criteria that are necessary for uh, miraculous treatment. The people who are ready to give up their lives at Hashem, I don't actually know what was going on in, uh, in Bavel at that time. That there was, um, maybe there was some kind of danger to life. Maybe the, uh, the Persians were not our friends then, I don't know. Um, but uh, he said there was a danger to life. And they were always ready to give up their lives. <coughs> that being the case, that being the case, they merited miracles. We don't do that. We, uh, you know, we live maybe in a safer time, but we're not giving up our lives. He held about the Barhava. The Gemara says it's not unlike there is this one story where about the Barhava Chadila he kuses to have his levisha karbalasa This, you could argue that this story demonstrates kind of the, the mysterious nefesh that we're talking about. And we'll see that it's not necessarily that there was like a shmad going on. It's more it was an attitude with which they went about life. So the Gemara says, Chazil Alikusis to have his levisha karbalasa b'shuka. She was wearing a very. Um, there's a, some question as to how to read this. The, the Aruch translates the Aruch, the dictionary of terms in the Gemara, which is um, was published in medieval Rome, but. The Aruch says Karbalasa is something red. Rashi says that Karbalasa means so that someone was wearing something red in public. It means they were trying to dress like a, like a, you know, a, a prostitute or something. And uh, and Rashi says they were wearing a very expensive, fancy article of clothing. She she was inappropriately dressed. She was dressed in a fashion that made it clear she was trying to draw attention to herself, to her physical um, beauty. So, this being a very different time. He thought she was Jewish. He pulled it off her. He ripped it off her. So, as he was so furious at this, the chutzpah that, that she had to walk around this way, that he basically assaulted her in the shuk. So he really put himself at risk, of course, because he, in his kanos and in his fire for mitzvahs, he um, probably could have gotten killed by her brothers or father or the police. So... What ends up happening is, she says, I don't know what you want from me, Rabbi. It ended up costing him an arm and a leg for his treatment of her. And it seems like, I'm not sure, the reason I, I wasn't so, I was a little ambiguous earlier, is I'm not sure if what we're saying is he got off lucky, or what we're saying is this is the serious nefesh, how much it cost him. 
Actually, a very interesting take on Messirus Nafesh. Or maybe Messirus Nafesh is the attitude. That's what I really mean when I say he got off lucky. In other words, his attitude was one that he didn't even consider the risks. So yes, he might have gotten killed uh, for his condos, and instead, he, you know, he got off lucky because he, he ended up just writing out a check. Only a fine. Yeah, exactly. I'm not quite sure. But anyway, don't try this at home. Um, so, basically, so Amalah, I guess once the dust settled, he says there was, he says there, Mashabe, what's your name? Amalah, she says, my name is Masun. Masun. So Amalah, he says to her, Masun, Masun, Arba Mezuzi Shafia. So the clever play on words, Rashi says that Masun means 200. It's like Ma'asan. It's like 200. 200 plus 200 equals 400. Um, but uh, another another possible interpretation is that Mosun means in the Hebrew sense, slow, slow down. And he says, if I would have slowed down a little bit, I probably would have saved myself a couple of dollars. 400 zoos apparently is a princely sum. Like the story with Hill and the Beth. Okay. Rav Giddel, have a ruggle to have a ashari tefillah. Very interesting Gemara, very... People like to quote this Gemara. It's a very, uh, not a very simple thing. Rav Gidl says that Rav Gidl would sit at the Sharei Tefillah, the place of immersion. Sounds like maybe it was a stream or a river. He was the lifeguard. He would sit there. And uh, he would instruct the women. He would, he would tell them, you know, where to, where's a good spot to go to immerse. And maybe if they had a shayla, they would come to him. So the Rabbanan said, Amri le Rabbanan, Leikom Mustafi Marmi Sahara. Apparently they did not have tabloids then. Um, but they did have the other Rabbanan, they said, Rav Gidl, you know, this uh, this is a little bit of an unusual practice you, you have here in which you sit in the ladies' mikvah. Uh, it's, it, aren't you concerned that maybe you might uh, do the wrong thing? So, Amaluhu, a very mysterious quote. Very mysterious quote. So he says, he says, uh, To me, they just look like so many uh, white geese. Somebody asked me last night, why do they, well, what does that have to do with geese? I said, I don't know, but as far as I can tell, they were by the river. So if you, <laughs> if you wanted to say that uh, you don't, you know, there's something insignificant to you, something you don't really look at and pay attention to at the river, you'd probably say it looks like geese. It's either geese, khaki, with, khaki without an olive in, in Aramaic means uh, pelicans. Which might be more, um, which might make more sense. I'm not sure, um, in terms of the symbolism of pelicans. I don't know. Um, in the ancient world pelicans were viewed as embodying selflessness. There was this. There was because there was this perception that they would um, draw blood from themselves to feed their young, which is, of course, about as real as unicorns. But. Um, they, I think I read once that it has to do with the fact that they, the movement they make when they regurgitate or when they bring up the food that's in the pouch to feed their young looks kind of as if they're, they're um, scratching themselves up and then the young are eating. So to people who didn't necessarily, might not have understood what was going on, they could be an interesting theory. But anyway, so if he's talking about pelicans, that was my literary criticism theory of the story. But... Uh, the way we have it is the word khaki with an aleph, which Jastro and others all say means a goose. 
So I don't know, but the point was he said, I don't, I'm not affected. I'm, I'm just simply completely indifferent to what I'm seeing here. Okay, that's fair. There are definitely such people in the world. I don't think we're supposed to see if we can also be like Rav Gidon. Rav Yechanan, have a rogel to have a ka'az of Yasev Asharit to Rav Yechanan did something similar. Omar, ki selken benois Yisrael, he said, when uh, the young girls, the young ladies come out, we want them to kind of uh, be thinking about me. Uh, kind of a um, visualization thing. You want them to have their minds focused on, apparently, Rebbechen was a handsome fellow, and he also was a very well-known Talmud Chacham. So he would be sitting there, and their minds would be in a good place when they, uh, when they would go home to their husbands. So... They said to him, isn't it a little, you know, you don't want to be sitting, displaying yourself outside the mikvah so that people should be thinking about you. It seems quite the opposite of the way we generally conduct ourselves and a little bit of sneers might be in order. So, he said, no, for me it's different. I know I'm the Yosef Kasi. I am a member of the Yosef family, which is interesting. You have to wonder how he knew that. Maybe it was family tradition. And the Leishaltebe in Abisha, we, descendants of Yosef, we don't have the Ainar problem. It's just not an issue. It's simply not an issue. The Chsiv ben Peiras Yosef ben Peiras Aliyoyin. Ben Peiras literally means a wild donkey. Yosef is a wild donkey, Aliyoyin, at the stream, at the spring. Vamrevavo, Al Tikri Aliyoyin, El Oileyayin. Do not read Aliyoyin, rather Oileyayin, those who are Misulakin Min Haoyin. Rashi says, those who are above the uh, the threat of Ayin Har. I saw from Rav Kook when I was when I was Parshish Vayichi, I think, is on somebody had asked me this, and I happened to have seen it right before. Um, someone had asked me, what's, you know, can, can I give him the most the most sensible interpretation of Ayin Har that I could come up with? And I said that Rav Kook Cook explains that when a person um, when a person is not secure and confident in what he does and what he's doing and what the the rightness of what he's doing so when other people see him and they make nasty comments or give him funny looks usually what will happen is that he'll he'll melt inside he will he will sense the disapproval and he'll take it to heart that's the way of things a person doesn't have a great deal of confidence uh, he is very easily he's very susceptible to emotional disturbance and ultimately when you have that attitude when, when a person takes that attitude one person isn't fully confident so they're going to uh, fail in their task because they're, the they're going to be borne down under the weight of public opinion but somebody who thinks that who is absolutely confident that he's doing the right thing so public opinion is not going to scare him very much at all if that reminds you of anything from the news, then you are onto something, ironically. Um, okay. He had a different source. Ephraim and Menashe are blessed by Yaakov Avinu. And they should fish. What does it mean to fish? They should fish. So everyone agrees that the word Yidgu means they should increase. 
they should increase to a great amount. The care of our in the world. But why v'yidgu? What's the what the where the fish come in? So, right, the, the water, the fish are covered by water. So, no ayin hara can possibly reach them. They are totally free of outside judgment. So, too, the children of Yosef should not suffer from this problem of Ayin Har. Yubay Zayma, Ayin Shaloi Ratzis HaLozun Mimasha Eina Shaloi Ein Ayin Har Shalat Tisbay. Yosef HaTzadik refused to look at Eishas Paitifar. He refused to to take that which was not his. He kept his eyes, even not just his hands, but his eyes to himself. So in that merit, he is protected from Ayin Hara from looking at from damage sustained by being looked at the wrong way. Okay. New Mishnah. Nashim ba'avadim u'katanim peturim mikriyishma. Nashim ba'avadim u'katanim women, slaves, and children are peturim mikriyishma. They're not required to recite kriyishma. Women are filling. They're also part of filling. The Chayyavin, however, they are liable, they are Chayyav, Bitfila, Ube Mezuzah, Ube They do have to daven, and they do have to put on Mezuzahs, and they do have to recite Birchaz HaMazen. a very interesting set of things that you might not necessarily have even thought to suggest that women aren't Chayyavin. If you ask yourself, what's the Chirish? What's the big deal? Of course, they have to make Birchaz HaMazen. What are you kidding me? So the Gemara is going to explain. Says the Gemara, Krishma, Pshita, Mitzvah Sasecha Azman Gramu. Krishma is a Mitzvah Sasecha Azman Gramu. Who would think for a second that women uh, are liable, are chayiv, to, to uh, perform Mitzvah Sasecha Azman Gramu? Says the Gemara, Vachol Mitzvah Sasecha Azman Gramu, Nashi Betu writes, Women are not obligated in time bound, time based Mitzvahs. I might have thought, and this is a very interesting uh, thought, I might have thought that this mitzvah is particularly special. I might have thought that this mitzvah, since it contains a reference to Kabbalah's El, it, it, I should say it, it is in and of itself, Kabbalah's El Machushamayim, when we say Shemayim, Hashem Achod, we traditionally consider that to be the acceptance of the yoke of heaven. So, Therefore, uh, women have to do that as well. Women also are, are expected to shoulder the yoke of Malchus Shemaim, of the kingdom of heaven. Hamash Malon, that nonetheless, it's a time-based mitzvah, and therefore they are exempt. Women are Pshita, again, why would I think women have to wear tefillin? Ma'udetei mahoyil ve'izkash mezuzah. Very interesting thought. We know that tefillin and mezuzah come together. Come together. So I might think that just as a woman is obligated to put up a mezuzah, she's obligated to put on tefillin. Maybe this is again the fact that it's time-based is kind of a coincidence. And primarily, its identification is with the parsha that is next to it, <coughs> which is the parsha mezuzah, and that of course is a chiyuv on women. So 
I might think to kind of send it after mezuzah. That's not the case. The chayavim betfila. Chayavim betfila. Umar says, the rachamein Because tefillah is rachamein. Tefillah is asking for uh, is asking for mercy. And we, women as well, need to do that. They need to ask for mercy as well. So, the the next few words of the Gemara don't seem to belong there. So, we're going to read them because they're in the text, but both Rashi and the Bach, our uh, Girsaologist par excellence, says that they don't belong there. In this version, it says, Since in Tehillim, there is a reference to the Torah being... <coughs> uh, so I might have thought that it's Kamitsah as my Gromadami. Because there's a time based element to it. And Rashi says he doesn't really see what the relevance is because that's not, the tool is not the Raisa. So you found the Pasuk in Tehillim. You know, what is that? What is that? Uh, anyway, it's a Pasuk in Tehillim. I don't even know what, you want, what the Gemara wants with that. But they say it doesn't belong in the whole line. Okay. So, says the Gemara of Mezuzah. Women are obligated in putting up mezuzahs. Pshita, isn't it obvious? Ma'udatema says the Gemara, right? Mezuzah is not a time basement. Ma'udatema, hail vizkishal Talmatira. I might think, since mezuzah is connected to Talmatira. Says, and right there it says, right, so I might think just as Talmud Torah, women are potter from Talmud Torah. Now, Talmud Torah is not a mitzvah, say Shazman Gram. So how do we know women are potter from Talmud Torah? Maybe women are obligated in Talmud Torah. All this business about women being the mainstay of the whole, maybe they have to drop everything and go learn. The answer is, the answer is that the Pasuk says, right? Um, that's what the Chazal say. So, that is what, how we know that women are not obligated in Limanat Torah, that enables them to stay home. So, Ask the more pshita. Isn't this obvious? It should be quite obvious. Again, it's not time based. It says the Gemara, Ma'u the Tema Hoyuk Siv. Pasuk says, Shemois. The Pasuk says, Beseis Hashem Lachem Boerev Bosser Lecho, Belechem Baboiker Lisboya. Right? Because who gives you meat in the nighttime and bread in the morning. Bread in the morning. So, we see that there is a time at which one receives bread. So, it's almost as if, you know, uh, breakfast time comes and you eat your bread, and that's a mitzvah says, This is, a, to me, this part of the Gemara was the hardest to understand because uh, the fact that someone was described receiving bread at a certain time would make me think it's a mitzvah Very, very puzzling, but ultimately it's not the case, but. I, was, I found it strange. 
what can I say? All right. All right. So, Omer of Adabar Ahava, Noshim Chayavis Bekidish Hayoyim Devartayim. Women are obligated to recite Kiddush Min Hatayr. They have to recite Kiddush Min Hatayr. Why is that the case? Why is that the case? I'm like, Mr. Seishazman Gramo, making Kiddush is Mr. Seishazman Gramo. The whole Mitzvah says has nine grammars and peturas. Right, it's Friday night. Shabbos comes. Why would a woman be suddenly mechuyeves in this Mitzvah says she has nine grammars? says no, no. The chiyuv he was talking about was midir So of course there's a bit of a problem with that, and you know that if Abayah says something that has a problem, who is there to call him out? Rava. He just said it's Tvar Taira. He said women are obligated in Kiddush Tvar Taira. That being the case, I don't know how you're saying that it's Tvar And on top of that, he says, there's another problem. There's another problem. That is, that Komus uh, Haseyn Chayven by, Mitzvah by, by that logic, we should say every time there's a Mitzvah Haseyn Shazman Grammar, we should institute a rabbinic uh, Thing where we say, but you know what? In reality, women are obligated in Krishna. In reality, women are obligated in Tefillin because they're abundant. Think, so, well, why would the Rabbanan Institute a Petur for women where the Torah, excuse me, a Chia for women where the Torah has placed a blanket Petur? It doesn't seem appropriate. Now, we definitely have things where the Torah doesn't require you to do one thing or another, and then the Rabbanan say, however, we're making a Gzaira that in this case you should do XYZ. But this is like we're taking one of the rules, one of the blanket, uh, overarching meta rules of halacha, and we're saying, well, the rabbanon don't care about this. Actually, they think that you should be chai. Well, that's a little, a little much. That's a little bit of rabbinic overreach. Actually, judiciary. Everyone knows what that looks like. Ella Omar Rafa, Omar Kra, Zachar Vishamar. The Pasuk says Zachar Vishamar. Kolsh Yashne Vishmira Yashne Bizhira. Anyone who is liable to guard Shabbos, to keep Shabbos, must also be Zachar, must mention Shabbos. When we talk about Zachira Shabbos, one of the things we mean is the recital of Kiddush. Therefore, anyone who is obligated in Shmira is obligated in Zachira in mentioning Shabbos. Of course, women are absolutely required to keep Shabbos, so therefore, they um, are included in Zechira in mentioning Shabbos, i.e. Kiddush. Okay? So now, only Ravina Lerava. Ravina asks Rava as follows. on the side, in the Gilean Shas says that he does not get how we're having this conversation when the Gemara, just a moment ago, made it quite clear that in its opinion, Berch uh, HaSamazin is some kind of Deiraisa based on the bread and meat uh, story in Shemois. But the Gemara is having a discussion about it. Lemayin Afkamina, who cares? 
Answers the Gemara, in order to be mighty people. In order to be mighty people. Now, it's very interesting that uh, Rabbin implies in, in a Mazuman type of situation. Um, which would be very unusual because we're not going, we're not far from the Gemara that's going to make a very emphatic statement about it being totally inappropriate for men and women to participate in Mazuman together. Um, so they, they note on the side that the Girsa of most Rishonim seems to have been Acherim, others, Yidei Chavas. In other words, if a woman, let's say, without getting into a woman and a man sitting together, but even if a couple of women are sitting together, one woman can lead and be mighty the others. Um, there's, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the issue of male, blended, of partnership Muslims, uh when we get there. Very, it's a very puzzling subject. Um, okay. has a lot to do with things that we don't think about anymore as a problem, but to them would have been absolutely horrifying, the idea of men and women sitting at the same table as if they were, as if they're th- the mutual societies and species had anything to do with each other. That was very shocking to them. Okay, let's cross that bridge when we get there. All right, so if they are going to be considered to obligated to be obligated me daraisa e amit daraisa osi daraisa mafik daraisa the daraisa obligation can be might see someone else's daraisa obligation e amit darabanan have she no khibidavar she no khibidavar in might see sarab me de khibasa if they are sitting with others who are obligated me daraisa presumably they're sitting with men i say earlier they were sitting with women there would have to be a case of sitting with men that would be uh, incorrect have to be a case to sing with men. So, um, that being the case, they wouldn't be able to be mighty them because on their level, on the day rights level, they are Einamukhibidavar. They are it's as if from if you put on your day rights to glasses, the women aren't aren't obligated at all right now. So therefore now again and to deepen Rebekivegar's Kasha we established earlier not only in the Gemara, in other words you could always say that the Pasuk that the Gemara quoted from Moshe Rabbeinu admonishing Kali Yisrael by the, by the Slav is not, right, it's not a mitzvah, it's not telling you anything about Rukh Samazin, it's just kind of a, 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 an oblique ref, reference to eating bread. But the point is that whether it's an actual Deiraisa source for Rukh Samazin being a time-based mitzvah, or whether it's the Rabbanan source with, a, with an Asmachta, you know, we're just, we, sometimes the Rabbanan say a halacha and Asmachua akra. It hardly matters. The one thing the Gemara was trying to establish is that there's no difference between men and women when it comes to benching. So what Rebbe doesn't understand is how is it that we're pondering what the level of the female Chiyav is when we established earlier in the Gemara that it's the same thing. That's what's really puzzling about this Gemara. Very, very strange thing. Anyway, so um, we want to know if the Chiyavim are equivalent. Tashma. My. Tashma. What's that? Lacha Tashma. Be'emes Amru. Ben Mevarich Le'aviv. Ve'evet Mevarich Le'rabah. Ve'ishem Mevarich is the Bible. A son, a child, can be mighty his father. And an Eved, a slave, can be mighty his master. And an Isha, a woman, can be mighty her husband. Avamu Chachamim. The Chacham say, Tavoy Me'ara. Le'adam. She'ishta Yobanu Mevarichim Le'ai. Let a pox, let a curse be fall. Anybody who is so lazy in terms of his 
uh, maybe I'm sure maybe if he, he was a Cantonist and he didn't get a Jewish education it would be one thing but somebody who uh, neglects his own learning to the point that he cannot read the benching but he, his children have somehow the opportunities to educate themselves and take them and then they can read the benching or his wife does that is not a very impressive way to live and the Chacham are not happy with him if we're going to tell, if we're going to say that the woman's chiv is their raisa, so is it possible that a person who's mechuyim their abonin could be mighty son who's mechuyim their raisa? So it must be that women are mechuyavos in berachas amos and midi oiraisa. The Gemara says ultameich katan barchiyuvahu is a katan. Obligated me that, right? So we said that Bonov, we said that his children, his minor children, can be mighty him and benching as well. But there's no question that the minor children, their chiyav is only chinuch. They don't have a chiyav there, right? Says the Gemara as follows. Says the Gemara. You have to have eaten something that's called a shir derabbanon, which we're going to talk about the details of in a second. But if you only ate a shir derabbanon, so the asi derabbanon, the mapik the fellow, the father, or the husband, only ate a kezayis, let's say, or a kebeya. So he's, he, he's obligated in benching, but technically you're not really obligated in benching midaraisa until you reach visavata. Until you are right, you have to be satiated. Kazais is not all that much food. A kebeah is not even not all that much food either. If you're very hungry, you eat a kebeah, you're still going to be hungry. But nonetheless, the halach is we bench after a kebeah or a kazais. So that's what we call shira derabanan. So that perchasamazin is only midirabanan. If a person sits down to a whole sandwich, he's nice and full. So that's derisa, of course. But sometimes if a person is only uh, is only making a perchasamazin midirabanan. That's a different ball game. Sometimes a person only is only eating kazais or kabeis. That's just their abundance. It's a different thing. In that scenario, of course, his woman, his wife, can be moitzim. A little more discussion on that topic. Darish Rav Avira, Rav Avira said, "Zimnin Amr Lo Mishmeder Biyami." Zimnin Amr Lo Mishmeder Vasi. Rav Avira would say it from Rami or Vasi, who were usually a pair anyway. Says Amr Malachi Hashar Zanei Kadosh Baruch Hu. The Malachim complained to Hashem. Kasev Besar Sech Hashar Lo Yisa Panim Vayikach Shalichad. It says in your Torah that you don't pick any favorites, right? But Lo Yatan Nosi Panim Liyisrael. But you pick favorites when it comes to Kais. Right? They are your favorite. It's not fair. Kasev Yisrael Hashem Panim Vilecha. It's coded into the Torah. It's right there. It says that Hakadosh Baruch Hu will be. No, you say upon him, he will give special favor to Klaisal. He says to him a very interesting answer. Can I not give special favor to Klaisal? I told them that when, when your bellies are full, when you're feeling very pleased and very satisfied, you should bench. But they, they are so eager to bench to thank me for their food that they eat even a small amount and they're already benching. Very interesting uh, type of statement given that it's like saying, you know, I told them to take the lulav on Sukkot and they take the lulav on Hanukkah too. 
<laughs> you know, like, so obviously not. Obviously, it's 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 something more like, you know, it's very unusual to have a mitzvah. It, it doesn't really fit into our system, our halachic system, to have a mitzvah that's dependent on do you feel full. You know, it's very. It's very hard. To, it's extremely subjective. It's not the way we usually do things. Usually, when someone, when we're trying to assess, has eating happened, so we take his eyes or kabeah. Those are we, that, that's, you know, if it's yom kippur, it's uh, and 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 what do you call it? Um, like a fig. I'm having a mental block on the actual Hebrew word, but um, um, it's very unusual to have something like visavata. So of course, there are butter not going to say on it, you know. Kazayis or Kabeya. But technically, I suppose the answer is we could have said, we could have said, no, you need to eat Kadeisphia. What's Kadeisphia? How much is that? Mm-hmm. So, in the context of Pasababa Kisnin, the Paiskim say that it's, um, it's actually a big, big machlik zachrain. The Kivegi says it's four or three Kabeya. Three, uh, three or four Kabeya. Right. Three or four Kabeya. If you measure Kabeya, not like today when the people when everything is doubled up if you think of you know roughly eggs it's a great you know it's a, it's a little meal but the Hashulchan says that it's 21 kebeim mm-hmm. that's a lot more you know how much that is that's the amount that we uh, make for super sushi oh yeah oh the actual <laughs> eggs 21 Big wow egg salad is 21 yeah, i tell you something according to no, eggs so eggs are much heavier than bread so I wonder if people go by by weight, but but um, I did the math a while back. The Rachel doesn't use the, the fancy new new kazesim. He uses the old-fashioned kazesim. I did the math a while back. Twenty-one kazesim is about almost exactly a little more than two slices of pizza. <laughs> two nice big, two good nice you know Mendelssohn's New York slices. Yeah. Is he slices? No, 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 no. <laughs> Izzy's pie, maybe. Okay, let's bring this home. The mission says, "Balkari mahar her beliboy, ve'enim mavarch lefanar v'leilacharem." A balkari. Say somebody has a seminal mission. So mahar beliboy. It comes time for Krishna. The problem is he's not tar. He's not tar. Now the thing is that really a balkari doesn't have this problem. Valkyrie is not really supposed to be limited in his behavior from a derisive perspective. Valkyrie is supposed to basically be able to live his life. However, Ezra made a takon. He said that Balikirian have to go to the mikvah. Somebody who is a Balikari has to go, says Valkyrie has to go to the mikvah. He wants to learn Tyre. He wants to be involved in learning. He needs to immerse himself in the mikvah. That is why to this day, Hasid Shemen immerse themselves in the mikvah every single morning. That way, a person you don't have to have a a, a rule of oh you know you don't have to a person doesn't have to announce his status physical status every morning. Rather, just the normal thing is everyone goes to the mikvah. So, mahar believer So when it comes time for kriyashma, what he should do is he should just think kriyashma. He should focus on and recite kriyashma mentally. And when it comes to the brachas, he shouldn't even bother thinking. He shouldn't even bother reciting the brachas mentally. Now, the al when it comes lunchtime, so, Mavarich la'achara, fe'enu Mavarich la'fanav. 
he should recite Perches Hamazim. He should recite Perches Hamazim. However, he should not. Um, he should not recite uh, Hamoitzi. He should not recite Hamoitzi. And and he says you should he should absolutely bench uh, he should make a bracha before and then bench afterwards the Gemara is going to explain that discussion later on this indicates that thought is like speech if you're going to say otherwise why even bother? Why even bother thinking Krishna? It must be that thinking Krishna is worth something. So am I, the Gemara asks. Fine. Hear her Kadibur, Dami. Very well. Hear her is, in fact, Kadibur. Thought is like a speech. So Yaitzi Bisfaso. Why doesn't he read out the uh, Krishna with his words once Hira is Kadibur? So the Gemara says, Kida'ashkacham Bisinai. What's going on here is something similar to what we found at Har Sinai. The Yisrael was required to separate from their wives for three days. And in reference to this separation, so um, Ezra based his Takana on this separation. His, uh, Ezra is the one who instituted daily Tevilah. So, um, or Tevilah, I should say, who instituted Tevilah for Balikari. And Ezra's Takana roughly followed the, the Harsinai model. That said, that said, so the, the primary concern that we have is people studying Torah in a state of carry, out loud reciting Torah in a state of carry. However, if a person wants to think Torah, uh, person wants to think Torah, he's permitted. Let's take in fact, let's take a look at Tesis. Or actually, doesn't explain it so clearly. Tesis, the second to bottom, Tesis says, "Kedash kol mesinai pirush af al gab the kedibur dami." In other words, it's, it does meet the threshold of Dibur to be Yitzhakrishma. It is not usher to the extent that the Balkari is forbidden to be Maharher to think. As we find at Har Sinai, this is really interesting. There was talking there at Har Sinai. Therefore, they had to go to the mikvah. He says, Kalisar wasn't talking. They were listening. Says the Gemara, Shemeya Kaina. Says the Taisa, Shemeya Kaina. He's calling Warren Sukkah. Shemeya Kaina. Because they were hearing the Torah being recited to them. The Torah, they were being commanded. The Torah, so they were being Yoytse with Shemeya Kaina. It was as if they were saying the Torah. So therefore, therefore, they had to go to the mikvah. It was very interesting. Is that it would come out seemingly that a Balkari has to avoid hearing Tyra, or at least maybe he could have in mind not to be Yaitzah Shemeya Kaina. I don't know. It's a very interesting concept. Okay, so that is um, the did approach we, of Ravina. Didn't we say that you had to say the words actually in Kriyashma? I mean, now we're saying hero is enough. I mean, it seems like. Well, we paskin that you don't have to be. Shemei Laaznav. According to Rebbe, that you have to be Mashmiya Laaznav, then yeah, I mean, you don't have a choice. According to, we ask him that you're allowed to uh, be Shemei Laaznav. You're, you're allowed, excuse me, to recite Kriyashma without being Shemei Laaznav. So that said, Hirhur should, in a Bidyevich Asad Chak situation, 
should work. Is he or silent reading, or is it just a thought? Oh, you mean this to, to murmur? Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, you can, you can read and not say anything. Right? right. Or you can just think about something and not say anything. Right. So we had back on Dafyud Gimel, the Gemara kind of equated them. In terms of their halachic valence, they're about the same. Um, but Rabbi Pupko pointed out to me, somebody who says, in fact, specifically, that it is better in a scenario where you're trying to be yotze merely with, um, with Hirhur, to not speak. Because when you speak, when you mumble, um, you would distract yourself. It's better to purely focus on the Hirhur. And rather than, uh, in other words, either speak out loud or be completely silent. Okay, I think we'll uh, stop it here.